What a delight to be in the house of God. Amen? I just, I just rejoice when I see your faces shining with joy. See friends come for tomorrow's running uh, to come and join us in fellowship today. How many are planning to run tomorrow? Okay. Okay, we need to get more runners out there. I do biking though, but um, we do great. I rejoice seeing, you know, Barb and Gilbert. I'm so happy for um, Greg. Happy also for John and Gloria. And I could just go on everyone's name down the to the first pews here as I am working to learn some of your names and as we grow together in unity of the Spirit. What a wonderful passion the Lord has put in the heart of my brother Greg. If you, when you walk out, you'll see that he's going to walk loaded with books that he's going to go and share where he's staying at. He's going to let others, he wants others to know what God has done in his life. We have sitting right here in the front a young man, 15, 16 years old. Pastor, can I preach one day? I said, absolutely, that's an answer prayer. I can't wait. Once you have that sermon ready, you tell me. You're going to take my place that Sabbath. And beloved, I'll see that he's not only well prepared, but I pray that you pray for him. Amen? You pray for the young people. They're not the future of the church. They are the present of the church. They're here now. And I pray it will be a blessed experience for all of us. For all of us. As we worship the Lord together. Dear friends, in 1888, just across the state line west of Wisconsin is Minneapolis. Minnesota, and there was a general conference session there that took place that year. If not all of you, many of you know about the main issues that took place there, the main subjects that were presented, the tensions that were there because something new was coming up and there was resistance to it. Actually, some people took it as that we as remnant people rejected a message that God sent to his remnant. So, a serious question arose in the minds of some who heard the message of righteousness by faith presented at the Minneapolis conference as to the relation that message bore to the third angel's message. In their perplexity, in their concern, a number of them wrote a letter to Mrs. to Miss Ellen White for an expression of her views, for clarification, to please give us more light instructions concern this matter. And regarding this inquiry at her reply, we have the record. We have the answer that she wrote back and it goes, her statement was published as it follows. Several have written to me inquiring if the message 
of justification by faith is the third angel's message. And I have answered, it is the third angel's message in verity, in truth, for real, that is it. Now, having had that in mind, it's very important that you are encouraged today and seek, search, prayerfully, diligently, scriptures and the writings from the pen of inspiration concerning this matter. Justification by faith, righteousness by faith. Why? Well, this brings us to the first thought of our meditation this morning. Before I get into it, I want to tell you that we're entering a series of messages about righteousness by faith, justification by faith. And here is the first item, the reason for it. It's wonderful, the thought that the righteousness of Christ is imputed to us. Not because there is anything inherent in you and me that we deserve it. It's given to us. It's imputed to us. Not because of any merit in our part, but as a free gift from God. That is a precious thought. I want you to ponder on that. It's a precious thought given to you, given to me, that this free gift of God, the life of Jesus, His perfect obedience, everything that He accomplished in His life ministry, even in His death and resurrection, now is imputed to you. The whole package. But there's a problem. There's a problem. The enemy of God and man is not willing that this truth should be clearly presented. How many months from January to today? Almost nine, right? Nine months. And for the first time, you're hearing it at least coming from my heart to you. But actually it's from the heart of God, not mine. Yes, the enemy of God and man is not willing that this truth should be presented clearly. For he knows that if the people receive it fully, his power will be broken. Now, beloved, can the power of Satan be broken? The answer is yes. But he doesn't want you to know it. As long as he can keep you, I'm human, I'm weak. He will just delight on it. He will rejoice. He will feast on it. Yes, for he knows that if the people receive it fully, his power will be broken. If he can control minds so that doubt and unbelief and darkness shall compose the experience of those who claim to be the children of God. This message is not for people outside this building. This message is for me, beginning, and with you, those of us who profess to be 
the children of God. Yes, if he can control our minds so that doubt and belief and darkness shall compose the experience, your experience, my experience, he can overcome us with his temptations. So, beloved, message number one. We need to talk about this. We need to pray about it. We need to diligently search about it. Make it our experience as we walk in the footprints of the Master of Galilee. And here's the beauty of it. You see, that simple faith which takes God at His word should be encouraged. The faith that you exercise in the gift God has given you, when we do that, look what happens. You see, God's people must have that faith which will lay hold of divine power. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. So those who believe that God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven their sins, should not, through temptation, Fail to press on to fight the good fight of faith. Their faith should grow stronger until their Christian life, as well as their words, shall declare the blood of Jesus Christ cleanse us from all sin. You see, when you start growing in that experience and by faith receive His gift, your words your life, everything will look and sound differently. We've been talking about this without using the term righteousness by faith or justification by faith. If we would have the spirit and power of the third angel's message, we must present the law and the gospel together for they go hand in hand. And as a power from beneath is stirring up the children of disobedience to make void the law of God and to trample upon the truth that Christ is our righteousness. At the same time, a power from above is moving in the heart of those who are loyal to God to exalt His law and to lift up Jesus as a complete Savior to humanity. You see, our enemy is not only not wanting that this message be presented among those who profess to be his followers, but he's also moving his angels as demons around planet earth with his spirit to stir up people to trample upon God's law so that it will not be understood as a revelation of His loving character. They want to make void the law of God and to trample upon the truth that Christ is our righteousness. But He's sending a power too among those who are loyal to exalt His law with Christ as the center of it. And then we will see what God will do among His people. In second place, it is impossible for man to save himself. We know that. 
We're familiar with that statement. Christ's righteousness alone can avail for his salvation. And this is the gift of God. This is the wedding garment in which you may appear as a welcome guest at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Beloved, I want to make sure that I have that garment. Are you preparing? Have you ordered yours? You see why we need to think about it. We need to pray about it. Search about it. Be flooding our minds with this subject. God will do wonders among his people. When we empty ourselves from self. So that Christ in his beauty and his righteousness can reveal himself in you and through you. In me and through me. Yes. We are called to present this message among ourselves clearly, as often as we can. That's why we will go on a series of it. Number two, we're learning this message and His righteousness is the garment. Because if I show up with my own garment, with my own ideas, I will be looking like Cain. Bringing my own ideas, my own opinions, my own feelings, my own thoughts as my own way to say, well, Lord, here I am. I'm at the feast. You need to accept me just as I am with my own beliefs. It doesn't work that way. That's the garment at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Let faith Take hold of Christ without delay. And you will be a new creature in Jesus Christ. Somebody ought to shout amen. amen. Beloved. This is too precious. This is too precious. Let faith take hold of Christ without delay. And you will be a new creature in Jesus. A light to the world. Notice. It's not you exerting effort. To be a light. You will become that light. When you embrace this message of salvation. Indeed. In verity. The third angel's message. Let that faith take hold of Christ. Without delay. And you will be a new creature in Jesus. A light to the world. Christ is called the Lord of righteousness. And through faith. Each one should say. The Lord is my righteousness. He is my righteousness. And beloved. That brings us. To our thought. To our third thought. As we close. Our meditation this morning. Yes. When faith. Lays hold. Upon this gift. The praise of God. Will be. Upon our lips. Regardless of my or your culture, you won't be quiet. I don't know how God is going to do that. But I know that he is faithful. Amen? Yes. When faith lays hold upon this gift, the praise of God will be upon our lips. And we shall be able to say, behold, the Lamb of God, which take away the sin of the world. In conclusion, brethren. Have you, in your heart, experienced a sense 
of want in your soul? Is God steering this up in you? Do you hunger and thirst after righteousness? If not, today is the day to pray earnestly, wrestle with God like Jacob did when you go home. You can start right now, by the way. Don't wait. Yes. Then, if this is the case, that you have a sense of want in your soul, that you hunger and thirst for righteousness, this is an evidence that Christ has wrought upon your heart and created this sense of need in order that He may be sought after to do those things for you through the endowment of His Holy Spirit, which it is impossible for you to do for yourselves or for myself. And beloved, the Lord specifies no condition except one thing, that you hunger for mercy. That you hunger for mercy. Yes. Desire his counsel. And long for his love. Ask. You see. The asking makes it manifest. That you realize your necessity. And if you ask in faith. You will receive. You will receive. The Lord has pledged his word. And it cannot fail that you feel and know you are a sinner is sufficient argument in asking for His mercy and His compassion. We will not be that typical Laodicean that globally you find wherever you turn. God wants to begin right here, right now. He started it. January 4th. Not because I invented it. Not because I was called to come here. It's in me to start praying, Lord, your people here cannot look, think, behave the same anymore by your mighty power. As we embrace this message of the third angel, beloved, God, will put a praise on your lips. He will put a praise on your lips. And we will be able to say, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. My friends, the conditions upon which you may come to God are, now that you shall be holy, but that you shall ask to cleanse, that He will cleanse you from all sins and purify you from all iniquity. Then I ask, why wait any longer? Why not take God at His word and then you can say, Here, Lord, I give myself to thee. Tis, this is all that I can do. You see, Lord, 
like the people of Israel of the past, like Laodicea today, there's that false understanding. I have no need. I have the truth. I have the pen of inspiration. All the lie that God has shown on our path. I'm okay. And God says, no. You poor, naked, blind, wretched. No amends, right? Who will say amen to that? But that's the description of the faithful witness. And when we study, when we meditate in this subject, righteousness by faith, God will do those three things in your life and in my life. You will not be the same. Number two, you will be dressing properly. You will have the garment. And three, you will have a praise in your lips constantly. Not when someone says, Amen. No, constantly. There will be a praise in your lips. Because you're contemplating the gift of God through Jesus for the pardon of your sins, my sins. As you take your hymnals this morning, I ask you, would you like to ask Jesus today, Lord, not only cleanse me, but feel me, I accept the gift. And please abide in me. Father, thank you so much for sending such message to your people over a hundred years back. And Lord, just the thought of it, just to think of how you intervene in human history through your son Jesus. So that my sins could be forgiven. And his perfect life of obedience is credited to me. What a precious thought. I don't deserve this. And yet, through Jesus and by faith, everyone can receive it. This we do in His most holy name. Amen. Amen.